Welcome to Grow Your Influence Tree with your host, Leonard Kim. This is the show especially for those that want to be among the top influencers of the world. We'll help you build your brand, tell the most compelling story, build your reputation and grow your audience, and attract the top clients and customers. Listen to the experts. Think like they do, and you'll be on your way. Now, here's Leonard Kim. Hey everyone, Larry Kim here, and welcome to another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree. Today we have our guest, Paul Sokol, and we're going to be talking about a lot of different things. But before we get into things, uh, Paul, why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself? Hi, Leonard. Thanks for having me today. Hi, everybody listening. I'm Paul Sokol, and I'm kind of uh, a small business freak. I'm, uh, I've been an entrepreneur most of my life, and uh, I am uh, I'm particularly nerdy for marketing automation and advertising, but I do a bunch of other stuff too. Uh, and I'm also a big heavy metal fan and a nerd. So like I love watching Leonard do his Pokemon cards uh, online. That's always a lot of fun. Nice. So, yeah. Have you been collecting Pokemon cards too? So I have not, but my girlfriend has a pretty wild collection. She's actually in the process. She's actually focusing just on like, I think the first 10 sets at the moment. So she's, she's been working to fill in her base set and like fossil and jungle and all of that. And we're blessed to be out here in the Phoenix area. So there's, there's actually a handful of, of little hidden pockets of used Pokemon cards floating around. So yeah, sometimes we'll go poke around and maybe find an old card. Sometimes you get a good first edition and, Life is good. That's kind of awesome. It's not like California where yeah, we're man. sold out of everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's well, at least for the new stuff. I mean, I would be I would be shocked if you guys out in California didn't have you know secondhand you know bookstores and stuff that sold cards or or whatnot. Like there's a big there's a there's a brand out here called Bookman's in Arizona and they started in Tucson and they're up here and I buy instruments uh I buy used instruments all the time for, for the charity work we do there and they sell everything, books, video games, you know, physical media, and they have Pokemon and magic cards. And uh there's gotta be places like that out in California. I'm sure, well, we sure have somebody, card shops. surely somebody listening knows where to find those. Well, we have card shops, but then let's say you buy a $50 box over at, like, Target. Uh, they resell those for, like, 120 130 140 150 So it's, like, 2.5 to 3 times the uh, retail value. Yeah, that's, that's a whole different story. Um, so, yeah, again, the, news, the new stuff is crazy. Um, I guess that's why she's focusing on the early sets, just because because of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, and plus. then there will be people that do, you know, they'll sell us an individual card for whatever a particular price because that one card's valuable. Yeah, that's true. So you said you're a pretty, a pretty big heavy metal fan. Um, tell me more uh, about Yes. Oh, man. Well, let's see. So, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan first and foremost, and then I'm also a musician. I'm a, I'm a drummer uh, in a heavy metal band out here in Phoenix called Aspotica. Uh And then I am also a promoter as well. Well, not right now, because, you know, at least today there's still the pandemic and events, live music isn't a thing. But when, when that's not a thing, I help promote shows. And then I mentioned the charity earlier, too. We actually have a, a heavy metal festival called the Dead of Winterfest. And the whole point of it, besides being an awesome show featuring some of the hottest local talent, is to generate music, equipment repairs, and donations for local schools. Um, oh, that's and that's through the charity called Keep Children Rockin'. Awesome. And I completely nuked the website, like, last week on accident. So if you try to go to <laughs> keepchildrenrockin.org right now, it's down, but we are a registered nonprofit. And if you go to guidestar.org, it's a listing of nonprofits. We're in there. Um, don't try and be your own server admin, by the way. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, and that's nonprofit life right there. Trying to keep it fast and lean. And then yeah. You break something on accident, but yeah, heavy metal all about it. Um, what's your opinion of heavy metal? Have I asked you that before? I love asking people that question. No, you've never asked me that. Uh, Me, personally, I don't really listen to it that much. I'm more into the EDM. Okay, cool, 
Cool. Electronic stuff. I'm a huge fan of Aphex Twin. I don't know if you've ever heard that name before. He's been around forever. Oh, wow. Well, I'm sure certainly somebody listening is a huge Aphex Twin fan. He's actually the reason I became an electrical engineer, or at least why I went to school for electrical engineering back in the day. And he's my only tattoo. Oh, wow. Um, I love I love some electronics. So what so what style are you like? A, are you like a like a drum and bass? You dubstep? You, you like jungle? Do you uh, I like you just, um, Alan Walker and music similar to Alan Walker. Okay, very cool. That's awesome. That's uh, that could be good good stuff to hit the gym to as well. Yeah. Yeah, if I went to the gym. <laughs> Yeah, they just recently reopened, uh, at least out here in Arizona. Uh, well, actually, now there's no masks, but there's a period of time where, yeah, you couldn't, yeah, if you wanted to do anything, either go walk outside or figure out a home gym. Oh, man, our lockdown's been insane. Like, uh, we barely just allowed bars to reopen uh, just this week. Wow, this week? That's that's yeah. crazy. Uh, I hope everybody stays safe because, man, that's that's wild. So you guys were on lockdown for how long then? About we were for a while. Like we opened up for a little bit, and then everything just got shut right back down. And I mean, it's been kind of crazy over here. Like people have been losing their minds over uh, not being able to really go out or do anything. Yeah, yeah, you get cabin fever, getting being locked inside the house all day. Um, I totally feel that. Although I work for myself, so I work from home anyway. So I'm kind of used to being locked up all day. Um, it's a shift, though, if you're not used to it. Yeah, absolutely. Like we just barely opened, uh, reopened uh, indoor dining two weeks ago. Oh wow! Yeah, that wow, that's crazy. Because we've we've been able to indoor dine for a little bit, but you know there was like the masks and kind of thing. So that's well. You guys also have a big population density out there. I feel like you would have more people per square mile than than Arizona would. Um, actually, we have the internet. We could check that if I wanted to. But yeah, and so a lot of apartment buildings. So we kind of build up while you guys build wide. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so there probably is a higher head count, just, you know, the density overall. That's so wild. That's so wild. Yeah. Um, and, and I believe you've been, you've been able to stay safe this whole time, right? You've, you, I don't seem to recall you dealing with anything. So that's, that's scary. I think like, I caught COVID twice, like? but I'm not sure because I never had a positive test. Oh wow! But then you had the symptoms of the, the breathing and stuff. Have it. You have to go in quarantine and everything. So I quarantined and stayed home. And then after I thought I was okay, I went and got a test. But then it shows up negative. But then it can't show up positive because you already have it all go out your system. If you know what I mean. Uh, huh. Weird. I mean, we we think that, that Brina got it. My 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 girlfriend and my partner Brina. We went on a heavy metal, right? So we went on a cruise called 70,000 Tons of Metal. It's basically a heavy metal festival at sea, and they, they built four stages on the, on the ship. Uh, and it was awesome. But when we came back, she got sick. Like, And this was like February 2020, so like right before things started getting bad. But she got sick like, like for like a whole month. It was bad. And, like, and she still, you know, and it took her a long time to recover, like full lung capacity and whatnot. So... And then COVID hits. So we're thinking, hey, we were on this cruise ship with people internationally. Like, if this thing's going, it was already going um, yeah. by the time it hits the mainstream. So it's <clears throat> it's it's wild. But oof, at least everybody's okay. At least, at, least you, at least you're cool. I hope everybody listening is, is staying safe. Yeah, the good thing is I got vaccinated about two weeks ago. So that's pretty cool. There you go. That's, uh, now, do you need that to travel? Is that, is that like a thing now? Yeah, are we, are we required? Nowadays. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. Keep yeah. everyone safe. 
have you got vaccinated yet or not yet? I have not gotten vaccinated yet. Um, when I need to travel, I'm going to have to go get vaccinated. Um, but I mean, I'm again, I'm, I'm blessed to, um, you know, I'm not like a high risk kind of person. So I would much rather wait until, you know, I'll, I'll stand at the end of the line willingly, you know, let's get all the teachers yeah. vaccinated. Let's, you know, the high risk people like let's, let's do all that. Like I'm all right. I'm blessed. I got my health. Um, I can wear a mask. I don't mind. I still wear a mask at the gym. Uh, mostly just because I think I look cool and uh, I don't mind being a little extra precautious. So I got a crazy question for you. Do you think these masks are going to become a fashion statement where people don't really care whether or not they have COVID? They're wearing the mask just because they want to look cool. Dude, I'm that already. I'm a, I'm a band nerd, yo. I'm, you know, I'll wear a band shirt and then like shorts that also have a band logo on it. So this is just a third place to rock a sponsorship basically. So now I can, you know, rock a mask. In fact, I've got a couple of masks with band logos on it. And I just bought one from a band called Oppressor God out in Kingman, Arizona. Um, oh, nice. And that one's, uh, that one's on the way. I'm excited for that one. So yeah, uh, as far as fashion statement, uh, describing yourself and your personal brand, absolutely. And are you familiar with Sally Hogshead and her study into fascination? Like what makes nope. people fascinating? Why don't you tell me so more may, about it? Yeah, you'd be. I bet you would way dig this. So Sally Hogshead, she's uh, you know, she comes from kind of like the the Dan Kennedy camp, like that kind of group and you know era of people. And she did some amazing research into what makes people fascinating. And she was able to identify, I believe, seven distinct clusters of things that make somebody fascinating. And then everybody has a primary fascination thing and then like a secondary, kind of like with an Enneagram, you know, like, hey, you know, I'm a one with a nine wing or, you know, whatever the case is. Or like if you're doing like, you know, a Myers-Briggs type of thing. Yeah, I'm an E, but I also have my I tendencies. Um, with, with this fascination stuff, um, mine is a combination of, uh, I think of passion and mystique. And so the combination that she has for that is, is the provocateur type. And she has it for all the combinations she has it. And so I love the mask. I love that I can hide half my face with a really scary looking band logo. Um, just cause I don't know. I, I think that's, you know, to me, that's cool. I'm just, I, I just think that's cool. And, um, that feeds into, for whatever reason, part of my, what people find fascinating apparently is, is, you know, my mysteriousness, my passion for stuff. And so, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have my face under a mask and, and kind of be, you know, thinking I'm looking all cool. Well, it's kind of like the raver scene, right? Like before, like masks even became popular or mandatory, uh, like people who went to raves usually wore like masks and like Alan Walker even like wears a mask for like every single show he does. Yeah. So, you know, what's interesting about that. And I learned this recently. Some cases that's because people will have asthma. Oh, really? So, like, they'll, they'll wear a mask because they can't be around, you know, weed smoke and whatever at these festivals, cigarette smoke, all that jazz. So, sometimes those people are actually wearing a mask for, for a respiratory reason, not, not just to look cool. But, yeah, you're totally right. That's, that's totally a thing you see at raves, people with, like, you know, rocking gas masks and all sorts of ridiculous, ridiculous stuff. So, I don't yeah. see that around town too much. It's usually just the traditional, like, you know, ear loop little piece of cloth. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. Well, it's about time for a commercial break. Where can people find you online, Paul? Oh, yeah. So uh, I'm definitely all over Facebook. So uh, if you want to go ahead and follow me, you can go to facebook.com slash under the hair. And I'm Paul Sokol. That's okay, well. And uh, I'd like to chat with you. Hair, H-A-I-R or H-A-R-E? Oh, H-A-I-R, like, like hair, like, cause I have, I have wild hair. And so oh, cool. that's also part of my brand too. So people want to get under the hair. <laughs> cool. And you can always follow me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter. And we'll be back after this commercial break.
Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time and 2 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel sustainable success is just around the corner if you are an entrepreneur business leader or anybody looking for their next level of success tune into sustainable success with host chris salem did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago the path you started on then determines what is happening now Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey everyone, welcome back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard Kim here with Paul Sokol. We've been talking about a lot of different things. Uh, what, what's some passions you've been going over lately, Paul? (laughs) So I've been really having a lot of fun just playing around with AR and VR, uh, virtual reality and and augmented reality. Nice. I dabbled in that a little bit, like about a decade ago, but never really, uh, got too sucked into it. I tried playing like, you know, on the headset with like a boxing game. But then, um, for me, I can't fight, period. So it was like a uh, person just like slapping around the whole time. So it kind of was uh, <laughs> more comical than anything else. But what have you been doing in these fields? So I've got, uh, so as far as virtual reality, I've got an Oculus. It's a lot of fun. Uh, Rift S, one of, the, one of the old ones. And besides entertainment, there is a huge opportunity for businesses to start using VR for, for, for training and enablement. And so this all came from an industry, this whole idea. So there's an industry of, they're basically storm chasers uh, and they, they basically followed, it's, it's a roofing company. Roofing companies will follow natural disasters around and sell roof repairs. And there's a new type of technology that is better than just a tarp. I mean, you, you see when someone's repairing roofs, you get the friggin' tarp, right? And it's whatever, it'll leak, it doesn't last. There's a new type of technology that is basically a shrink wrap. And oh. it requires specialized equipment. It's basically a leaf blower and a heat gun. So it's dangerous, you're on a roof, you know, there, it's a giant piece of plastic. Like, there is serious training. And rather than put people up on the roof and risk all the material and whatnot, somebody developed a VR training for this thing. So you can pop the headset on and now you're standing on a roof. You are, you know, press the grip button to pick up the thing, you know, adjust your heat or whatever. I don't know. I never went through it, but here's what blew my mind. And this is why anybody that even has an idea of how they might be able to use VR on their business should start pursuing it now because it's going to get commoditized real quick. But this business was selling these headsets preloaded with these programs for thousands of dollars, like 
3000 and up because, of course, they can train their team and then turn around and sell $100,000 worth of roof services in a month, right? So, yeah. yeah, I'll pay a couple thousand bucks for a VR headset. So that's where I'm kind of playing in the space. So we're, we're very passionate about business over here at, at B-Pro. That, that, that's, our, that's, our, that's our boutique agency over here. And we want to do trainings on stuff. So, for example, we're doing a lot of target customer avatar research right now. And so imagine sitting in an office space and maybe there's like, you know, a little whiteboard and maybe a character who's like, hey, we're going to talk about, you know, we're going to learn about what it means to be an avatar. So the very first thing you need to be aware of is the demographics. This is all the surface level stuff. And then maybe there's like a brief explanation and then let's go out into the real world and try this out. And then you're in VR. So leave the little office you're in. Okay. Now we're on a busy city street. Um, You know, when you're looking for your target audience, demographics help you visually identify who's who, you know? So out of these group of people, who is going to be a female that's older and, you know, some stupid quiz like that. And then, okay, great. Now you understand what demographics are. Let's go ahead and look at part two, psychographics. And then you go back into the classroom environment and just creating these experiences to train people on what they need to know. Um, and so, so here's the other like exciting, exciting thing. Pardon? It's basically like the classroom environment. Yeah, yeah, but from a, like a virtual environment, and just but using that almost as pacing, using it as a framing, using it as like a story framework for just the virtual experience. So you're in a classroom to learn something, and then you leave the classroom to go out into the middle of the field, maybe because that's relevant to this part. And then, all right, you're done with this part. Go to the next part. All right, we're back in the classroom. Let's learn about this. Uh, we're going to learn about uh, you know we're going to learn about triggering events when it comes to the positioning of your offer. And the triggering event is what causes people to start to look for it. So, um, you know, whatever. You know, what would be a triggering event for a male to start shopping for a baby stroller? And the answer is, you know, their their partner got pregnant. And that's the triggering event and, and that kind of stuff. So, I mean, just the applications for VR are endless. Okay, actually, I have a question. If I were to, are you from, uh, Google has a, do you remember Kid Picks as a kid where you could just, like, like MS Paint, but even old schooler, where you could no, just draw I, shit, whatever you wanted? Okay. I know. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Like MS Paint, where you can just go ham. Google has a program called Tilt Brush, which is that in VR. And so, I guess this is my question. If I were to go into VR and stream myself kind of, teaching things in this 3D space, would that be any interest? Like, would that be cool? Or is that just like, you're just being a nerd, Paul. That's, there's no point. Well, I mean, in the virtual learning environment nowadays, you have to sit in front of your computer and then watch something and take notes. And it's kind of tedious and it's hard to pay attention because there's a lot of distractions and, it's really hard to okay. absorb all the information. So I see if you put on a headset and everything that you're kind of forced to pay attention, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, what I was talking about is the opposite of that. So I'm wearing the headset, and in Google Tiltbrush in 3D, I'm drawing out diagrams and explaining and teaching stuff. And then you would just, like, be, you know, watching and seeing what I'm doing. That's what I meant. Yeah. So instead of a whiteboard, it's a 3D whiteboard, I guess. So I get to see, I'm wearing a headset too to watch what you're doing, right? No, not, no, not necessarily. In fact, I would just stream it to Facebook or Twitch or something. Mm, I'd say it's probably similar to uh, a regular virtual online course as it is. So there's people that do that. They'll they'll stand in like you know they'll put on a VR headset and then they will teach something and then the students just watch whatever they're doing in 3D space. Wait. So as a spectator, do I see, what do I see? Do I see what you're seeing in the 3D world? Yes. You're watching me draw out whatever I'm seeing myself draw out, and I'm that talking would- through again yeah, just like a whiteboard. Well, 
I see it being practical because a lot of people in their homes, like, they don't really have a nice place where they can go and present and set up a camera to go and film, like, a course or something, if that makes sense. Okay. Okay. So that might be a cool, like, sandbox environment of, like, hey, I'm going to go hop in the VR and in this, you know, the, the, the whatever five-by-five five space or whatnot in my living room, I'm going to paint this this strategy out. So, hey, here's a, here, here's a simple lead magnet strategy that you can use. And then, you know, I draw a circle in the midair and I say, cool, pretend this is a landing page. And then I draw like three emails behind it floating in space. And here, here's the emails delivering the lead magnet. That's kind of what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. Kind of teaching like different strategies, but in 3D instead of on a flat piece of paper. Okay. Yeah, I think that would be you a little bit more. convinced me to try that. Since a lot of people aren't able to really grasp that. And I mean, okay. from a presenter's standpoint, like, it makes a lot of sense because you have full autonomy with what you're doing. I know companies like Zoom, they try to put up like a bookcase behind you when you're speaking. But then if you slightly mm-hmm. tilt out the frame, then it gets all fragmented and everything. You're like, oh, there's not really a bookcase right. behind you. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think being in a three D or a virtual VR environment would be a lot better way to present and teach, and I see it from a student's perspective, like a way for them to be a little bit more immersed in what they're learning. Okay. So then, Mr. Kim, what do you think my first thing should be? What's the first thing I should go out there and? try and teach people? That's a good question. Probably marketing things because you're pretty good at that. Or unless you want to do heavy metal okay. stuff. <laughs> well, I'm, I, I would be coming at it from a functional standpoint. So it would be businessy stuff. And it, okay, so probably would be, but well, you is, can I do guess, heavy is there metal any... Lessons. <laughs> Drumming lessons. Maybe I'll combine it. How, you, how would you market a heavy metal band or, or whatnot? So actually, that makes a really good point. Um, when it comes to an offer, whether it's a product or a service or a combination, there's a couple of, you know, there's a, there's, there's a couple of core pieces to it. You know, you have like your pricing and stuff like that. But one thing that, that we've discovered over here is an offer is either going to be, it's going to be functional or it's going to be entertainment or somewhere in between. And, you know, looking at something like a heavy metal show, it's actually the exact same thing as a conference or like a trade show or something. The only difference is it's an entertainment offering. Yeah, it's still in person. Uh, it's It still has a similar sales cycle. There's probably going to be similar price points, maybe not for a premium conference, but, you know, hey, pay you, come out for this $50, $99 business thing, that kind of stuff. The only difference is it's an entertainment offer, not functional. But other than that, marketing, sales, and fulfillment are, Kind of based, they're, they're sisters of each other. Yeah, I mean, uh, from like it was really hard business. People go to a live event, but considering that COVID's like kind of ending and people are really <laughs> looking for something to do. <laughs> oh my god, I know. I'm I miss live I miss live shows so much. I would go see at this point. I'm not a fan of country music. I would go see a country music show just to see live music and be around people. Like, yeah, that's right? how much I'm kind of craving, like, that. That's got to miss it. Oh, I saw this movie on a drive-in theater. I forget the name of it. But um, it's about uh, this guy who's on a boat, right? I think it's Tom Hanks. And it's during, like, the wartime and everything. And they're going after submarines. And the submarines are trying to take out all the ships and sink them all. And then, like... On the boat, it's like freezing cold and it's windy and everything. So I put my top down in the convertible, and it was like freezing cold while I was watching it. So it was as if we were on the boat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, that uh, that that extra immersive VR kind of thing. Uh, they'll do that at EDM shows. I'm sure you've seen that where they'll have like they'll have uh, fire cannons or smoke cannons or, or cool air cannons. Uh, so that way, if you're up front by the crowd, like if it's a if it's a big breakdown in the set, like boom, flames in the air, and you're feeling the physical heat in your face. Um, yeah, 
That was basically that what it was cool. like. It was cold and not hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that'd be interesting. So something, so something VRE and something around marketing E. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll have to think of something, maybe something relevant. Um, that might be not too boring here. Uh, and then I was also talking about AR. So that's augmented reality. So that's, you know, so that's just, it's, you're seeing the real world, but it's putting something on top of it. So that, like Pokemon Go does this where it'll use your camera, but then like Pikachu's sitting there bouncing around the real world. That's AR. But so from a, like a business standpoint, there's, for, for consumers and especially consumable products, you have no brainer applications like try on sunglasses, try on these contact lenses, all virtually, of course, you know. You know, here's this Facebook AR filter, point the camera at yourself, and here's what it would look like if you got these glasses. Do you want to buy them? You know, you can run shopping ads like that. Uh, but for B2B and whatnot kind of stuff, I'm still exploring that. So there's definitely educational applications for it. And I think that in by being clever with it and then finding really novel, specific ways to use AR in your industry it's going to be easy for people to stand out. It's, again, initially until the skill set's commoditized. Right now, stuff like video editing and photo editing is commoditized. Anybody will do it. It's, it it's, it's a skill, but it's, it's, not, it's not so rare. VR development, AR development, that's still a rare skill. That still requires, I mean, basically, you, you need to have at least a bachelor's in computer science. I mean, I have a master's in signal processing, in electrical engineering, so... Uh, to me, it's, it's, I'm kind of qualified to barely learn how to do this kind of stuff. But for businesses, education-wise, so I don't know, name a business, just any, anything. Pull it, out, pull it right out of your tush. Uh, a B2B, a B2B business. Let's see if we can jam on this. Nintendo. Okay. So Nintendo... Well, they you know they have Pokemon Go and they use AR there. So okay. let's use about... Lululemon. Lululemon. Okay, cool. So Lululemon, that's uh, it's still consumery, but we can use that as an example. So if I was Lululemon, yeah, there's the obvious. Hey, try on these, try on these pants, try on these shorts, that kind of thing. But I could see having fun interactivity stuff. So there are. Built into these tools, uh, what used to require graduate-level computer programming, somebody who can barely velcro their shoes has access to. So in Facebook's Spark AR platform, that's the development platform that you can make AR filters for the Facebook. Wow, what am I, 700 years old? The Facebook. I'm just going old school. Thefacebook.com. Their Spark AR platform is free. And so anybody can use it. And they have face tracking technology, which is literally you just grab a face tracking block out of, off the thing, and it is built in to detect if you're smiling or if you open your mouth or close your eyes. So these really specialized computer vision tasks, because that's really what they are. It's, it's a computer, quote, seeing and, 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 and having learned what does it mean to track a face? And not only what does it mean to track a face, what does it mean when they open their mouth? What does it mean when they blink? This is all stuff that's available out of the box. So uh, for Lululemon, you could do something like a, maybe like a motivational thing. So, and I'm totally just spitballing here. This, this might be a stupid idea as I say it out, but hey, you know, motivational thing. So paint it at your face and then, you know, open your mouth and then when you do that maybe a rainbow shows up and then today's motivational message you know stay stay strong baby or I don't know whatever I don't know what the little lemon voice is I don't think I don't think baby would be a, I don't think that would be a word they would use but I could see stay strong I thought of a pretty practical use so if Ooh. you're on Google and you type in like Tyrannosaurus Rex or any dinosaur name, uh, you could actually view it in 3D and then you can render it and have a Tyrannosaurus Rex show up in your living room, your bedroom, outside. Ooh. Or, uh, Perfect. So yeah, education. Uh, so that would a be lot cool. of other things. But like what if you were like Crate and Barrel and 
someone wanted to buy a brand new bed and they wanted to see if it would fit in their room. Like if they AR'd the bed and yes. how much yes. room there was, that would be pretty amazing. Oh my god, yes, you absolutely can do that. So I took computer vision or grad lab, school and or a sofa or a mirror. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, what you're describing is one hundred percent doable. So in computer vision, there's something called metric rectification, which is really just a fancy word for being able to take a real-world measurement of anything that is in the picture. The only requirement is you have to know one measurement for sure. So if you have a, imagine that you have the picture like of a house, right? If you know that that door is exactly six feet tall, just knowing that one thing, you can calculate how wide is the house, how tall is like anything, any, any lines that are in, the, in, in that image, you can detect. So you can absolutely do something like that where um, we know that, the, let's use the bed example. We know that this bed is, this bed frame is 94 inches wide. Oh, I'm sorry, Harvey, <laughs> 94 inches, yeah, 94 inches wide. So, okay, um, in your bedroom, pull out the AR app and go ahead and uh, take a picture of, you know, and point it at your wall socket. Why am I pointing it at the wall socket? Well, I need to get a baseline measure of something in the room. And wall sockets, at least in America, are all standardized. So if I point my camera at a wall socket, once it is detected this is a wall socket, okay, I know this thing's six inches tall, whatever. Now, when I turn the camera, it can take an accurate measurement of this is how wide the room is, this is how tall the ceiling is. Now, digitally, using augmented reality, I can overlay the couch in real, in, in, in real size to what it would look like in your room. That's pretty awesome. That's a great example, Leonard. That's a perfect use case for AR. So yeah. for like um, B2B applications, you could do the same thing. Hey, you want to get a quote on, I don't know, something. Quotes on, on, on cleaning services. Cool. Go ahead and, you know, walk us through your building and maybe it calculates the square footage automatically. All right, cool. That's going to be 900 bucks a month for us to clean your 2,000 square foot thing twice a week. What? Yeah. All sorts of ideas, man. It's such a blue, it's such a blue ocean, and and that's why I get stoked about it because, well, one, because I get to play with with toys as well. You know, as an electrical engineer, I definitely do love to play around with stuff, and that's and this is new, and it's free. Yeah, All that's it, true. Uh, Spark AR is free, and so is Unreal Engine. Unreal Engine is free, and most a lot of VR development happens in that, and even the blueprints for the controllers are already built, so I don't have to know how do I map the buttons from Oculus into Unreal? I literally just download the blueprint because somebody else a long time ago mapped the, the, the six buttons in Oculus into Unreal. Um, we live in such a beautiful time, man. It's wild. Yeah. Well, it's about time for another commercial break. Where can people find you online again? All right. If people want to go ahead and find us online, we can go to facebook.com slash under the hair. That's U-N-D-E-R-T-H-E. H-A-I-R, and uh, I am excited to connect with you there. Cool, and you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim on Twitter, and we'll be back after this commercial break. Voice America is available on your Google Connected device. Okay, Google. Play Turning Hard Times into Good Times podcast on iHeartRadio. Try it today. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. 
Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Are you ready to move to your next level? Listen for Empowering Women, Transforming Lives with host Rebecca Hall Greider. Each show will focus on a central topic with discussion, guests, and your questions being featured. Our show is perfect for women who feel a call in their heart to step out in a bigger, more powerful way in their life and just need some encouragement, inspiration, and practical steps to support them on their journey. Empowering Women, Transforming Lives can be heard live every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. And join us for a replay of the show on Wednesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is Grow Your Influence Tree. To reach Leonard Kim or his guest, call into the program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or drop a line by email to hello at leonardkim.com. Now, back to Grow Your Influence Tree. Hey, everyone. Leonard Kim here with uh, Paul Sicole. We've been talking about a lot of the great things, uh, but now we wanted to move into Facebook ads uh, so, Paul, you've seen that recent update with Apple saying that they're restricting their privacy settings and so forth, right? Yeah. Yeah. The sky's been falling for quite some time around that. What's been going on with that? Well, so privacy is a huge thing, and consumers are becoming more and more hip to the fact that there's thousands of databases all over the place with their information and and there has been for quite some time and we're just now finally starting to insist on like privacy controls and so Apple has done its own thing for the privacy controls and they made changes in their latest iOS release I think it's iOS 14 and it basically allows their users to opt out of certain types of digital tracking. So in the case of Facebook, the impact is that, well, let me, uh, well, what is the impact? The impact is that the reporting uh, is, is, is going to change if people don't do things and they, they may have to shift how they advertise a little bit. Um, before, in the before four times, the way the Facebook advertising works, at least as far as conversion tracking, it works like most other of these technologies. There's some kind of a, a tracking script or, or pixel sometimes called, or sometimes called a tag. It all means the same kind of thing. And this pixel is creating a, a, an information, a, a, a layer of information about this person's behavior. And then when they do certain stuff like opt in for a lead magnet or buy something, you can send a conversion event to that, to the, to the pixel, to the tag, you know, through that information. So that was with, as far as the pixel is concerned, that is all, all that tracking and pushing information to and from is handled on the user's end on the user's device. So on my cell phone, on my desktop, my cell phone and desktop are sending these signals back to Facebook and saying, yes, they're viewing this page. Yes, they opted in. Yes, they bought this specific product for this amount. And then that data can all be used in ads. So what's changing is that event level tracking. The, the, the main change is that Apple is now putting a restriction on how many of those events you can do. So, the, so before, because there's, you know, conversion events, you know, right? You get somebody opts in, somebody buys, whatever. You can also have a custom 
conversion, which it's, I don't see a real use case for them too often, more often than not when people are using it. It's they're, they're misunderstanding kind of what the point is. That's more for like external development and whatnot. But the point is I could push any event that I wanted. If you're on my website and you make a search or you view content or register, add to the wish list or initiate checkout or add to cart or book an appointment, you know, whatever, any event that that information is being passed. With these Apple changes, they are only allowing each website domain, so it's a per domain thing, not necessarily a pixel thing, but a per domain thing. Each domain can only send eight events. So that's the, that's the too long didn't read, is because of the iOS 14 changes, the Facebook pixel can only send uh, up to eight events per domain. What this means for us as marketers is we have to be professional and more responsible about how we do our stuff and more strategic about it. So we can't just wantonly create like 30 conversion events because we want to try some weird thing that we thought of or heard about. Like, no, use a purchase event, you know, use the standard lead event. Like you can only have eight. I can't think of many funnels I've worked with that would use, that would genuinely like legitimately use more than eight standard events per domain. Um, beyond just the page view, I think the page view is like the one free get that, that you have. Um, this also does impact reporting too, because it's like, uh, because now if somebody on iOS chooses to do the privacy thing, the best that Facebook can do is an aggregated event. So the best they'll be able to say is 10 people became a lead and this is what it was, but we don't know who specifically that was. Huh. So it's aggregated event data. So it's, it's a not, it, it's so, it's a really interesting balance of both worlds. They, they've successfully managed to, you know, give the user privacy controls without completely, you know, pulling the rug out from advertisers who must have this data to do their jobs quickly. Um, and, and I kind of think it's a, a shift for the better because, again, you have to be more responsible. You can't just be shooting, can't just be shooting events off, you know, willy-nilly into the wind again, because of stuff, you have to be responsible about it. Got to be pro. That's where yeah. a brand comes from. So what are some things that you're doing because of this? So one, so there's, there's two things that you need to do pretty much now. And then there's, there's the third thing that you're going to need to do eventually, probably sooner than later. So as I mentioned, it's a domain thing and an event thing. So the first thing that you have to do with Facebook is you go into your business manager, you go into your business manager settings. And if you look at the, uh, I think it's the, I think it's brand under the brand, uh, the brand reputation, there's the domains and you put your domain in. And then just like you would verify your domain with Google or anything else, it spits out a little hex code, a little meta, you know, hash at you. And then there's a couple ways to verify. You can, if you're using something like Google Tag Manager, which I always recommend using a tag manager, you can just add that meta tag and there you go, verify. You can also put a text record in the DNS if you want to get nerdy about it and do it at the domain level. And then there's also a file upload option, which is where you can just put this file on your server and it's just there. Uh, the whole point is that Facebook wants to feel really confident that you actually own the domain you are driving traffic to. That, like, you as a business have the right to do that. Okay. And then the second thing you want... Oh, go ahead. Oh. So that's the oh, first thing you want to okay. do. Verify the domain. And there's three ways to do it. So once you verify the domain, you then have to go into your events manager and set up that aggregated event measurement, which, again, that's just a fancy way to say... I'm going to use these events on this domain. So here's a gotcha. If it's a brand new website or a brand new domain, you are going to have to fire test events to your pixel. So that way there's at least a record that a lead was fired or a purchase was fired. And then you can go ahead and select it from the aggregated events uh, manager. Uh, just like if you're setting up an audience based on an event, 
the pixel must first receive at least one lead or one add to cart or whatever before you can say, okay, now make an audience of these people. Cool. And then then the long-term thing, yeah, yeah, the long-term thing. So remember I said this is all happening at the device level. So like my phone is sending the information through the pixel and my computer is sending leads to the pixel. That's all, that's all kind of going to go away and everything is going to move server side which means that the website will now be responsible for, oh, here's a page viewer. Hey, Facebook, I got a page viewer. Hey, somebody opted in. Hey, Facebook, somebody opted in. Um, It should actually be better for reporting um, and kind of close the leakiness of that kind of, because that kind of analytics is way leaky, especially because of privacy blockers and any number of reasons why a tracking cookie could fail. Uh, But doing it server-side is a little more reliable. And so rather than installing the pixel and like the header and the body of the site, you would have to do the server side installation. Um, and that's something I'm still, uh, that's something I'm still becoming familiar with and, and really mastering because very soon everybody's going to have to kind of do that. So I better learn it now. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a lot of changes are happening. Well, I wanted to mm-hmm. thank you for- Sharing all this great information, especially with Facebook ads, VR, AR, uh, what you've been doing in the music world, Pokemon, and everything else we talked about today. Uh, yeah, for yeah. Who are listening to the show and who want to give you a follow or connect with you, where could they find you again? Yeah, if you liked what you heard today or you have a question, anything like that, I'm really active on Facebook. Uh, go to facebook.com slash under the hair. That's U-N-D-E-R-T-H-E-H-A-I-R. And feel free to give it a like. And again, if you have a question or something, shoot me a message, whatnot, leave a comment, and I would love to connect with you because anybody that's listening to Leonard Kim has to be a cool person, and, and I want to meet them. Awesome. Well, you can always find me at Mr. Leonard Kim. Everyone who's been tuning in, thank you for tuning in for another episode of Grow Your Influence Tree, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for making us part of your week. Listen for Grow Your Influence Tree with Leonard Kim every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Stand out, stand apart, and become a top influencer. We'll see you here next week.